Welcome to the Visma Ski Classics podcast, Usha Tulevi. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 12, there are 14 races in 12 event locations, bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the Pro Tour and the Challenger Series, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. This podcast is sponsored by Salomon. Salomon is a French sports equipment manufacturing company based in the heart of the French Alps. Now Salomon brings to the market a more sustainable Nordic ski, S-Max E-Skin. This new S-Max E-Skin is more environmentally friendly since 45% of the ski core is made of recycled plastic bottles. This new Salomon S-Max E-Skin is the best option for active skiers who are looking for a performance and flexible free solution. Welcome to Usha Tulevi podcast once again. And right now we have five stages behind us in Visma Ski Classics. And today we really witnessed an interesting race, very different from any other race we've seen in Visma Ski Classics. A 10 kilometer uphill race with individual start, something that we really haven't seen. But nevertheless, the race turned out to be an exciting event as always. I am your host, Teemu Virtanen, and my guest today is one of the rising stars from Team Ramutten, Herman Paus, a Norwegian skier in a Swedish outfit, a good team, uh, currently the team that everyone talks about. And Herman was able to be in the top 10 this weekend or today and also last weekend. Good to have you on our show, Herman. I know you guys on your way to, uh, to the next location, correct? Yes, that's correct, and uh, thank you for having me. So, we are going to talk about the race today, and you uh, as a skier and so forth, but uh, how are you feeling right now? I mean, it's a, it was a good day for you once again. Did you expect that to happen, that you'll be in a top 10 again? Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I have felt great for uh, quite a while now. Uh, and of course, with the uh, with the top ten spot last weekend, I uh, got a uh, got a lot of confidence. So uh, for sure, I hoped for a new top ten uh, spot today. But uh, yeah, of course, it's it's uh, not uh, that uh, it's gonna come every weekend. So I'm ha- really happy to take a top ten spot today as well. What about the format? It was something that you guys haven't really done that much, but of course it's a it's a regular format in uh, you know in standard skiing, World Cup skiing, and World Championships and and the Olympics, the individual start. But how did it feel for you guys? Yeah, it uh, was a bit uh, different than we are used to, uh, but uh, I think it was fun. Uh, in these times, we have to be thankful for every opportunity we have to race. So. Uh, yeah, it was fun today, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a real long distance ski race again uh, from uh, next week. And that'll you get. You'll have 55 kilometers next weekend, La Diagonela, and then of course legendary Machalonga after that, and then Yiserska, Paresatka, and so forth, all the way to Vasalopet and Birken and so forth. But let's start 
Talking about today's race, uh, it's not that much to recap, of course, because it was an individual race, but we can talk about it from your perspective and go through the whole race. So that'll be next for us. Let's go through your performance all the way through. Whenever you guys guys started or you started in Caprun, the elevation there is about 1,600 uh, meters, and then you climbed all the way up to uh, close to 2,000 meters above sea level. How did it go? Let's start from the beginning. How did the first K feel? Because a lot of skiers said that it was a little bit tough to kind of find the rhythm and pace. Yeah, uh, the plan today was actually to to start slow uh, because we was gaining uh, attitude uh, throughout the whole course and uh, we we knew that it's going to be uh, tough at the end uh, but uh, after seeing the uh, times after the race uh, i uh, started qu- quite hard but uh, the feeling was good so uh, of course i'm happy with uh, with the skiing so fast at the start and it's yeah, and still feeling so so good. Um, I have that bit of struggle uh, when we came up to the more flatter section uh, at the, at the end. But uh, yeah, I feel that uh, I did manage to get all of my energy out today. So I'm really happy with that. And then what about the last uphill that you have, the really steep part before the finish? I saw a lot of skiers when I was commentating. I saw a lot of skiers struggling there. Even Max Novak, you know, who pretty much, I can't really say that he ran out of juice, but he was pretty tired by that time when he reached that final final climb. Yeah, uh, that uh, last 100 meters was uh, tough. Uh, those kind of appeals is usually my strength. Uh, but uh, today, uh, it uh, it didn't feel like that. At least, but uh, yeah, it was just to to trying to convince yourself that uh, now it's maybe 30, 40 seconds to go and just push everything you had left. And how much uh, did you get any information? I assume that Gustav gave you a lot of info sometimes and stuff like that. How aware were you during the race about your performance? Yeah, um, I was getting seconds on uh, Vukuyev uh, at the time I was out racing. Uh, so uh, Vukuyev has uh, struggled uh, for the... Yeah, he struggled uh, quite a lot uh, last week. But uh, we knew that he was going to, to be a strong contender for a victory today. So when I got seconds uh, that I was only one, two... 10 seconds behind him throughout the course I understand that uh, yeah maybe I can be top 10 again speaking of Ermel do you know what happened to him last weekend because we all kind of you know wondering about him we know how strong he can be on a good day do you know what was going on with him last weekend yeah no I don't I don't know uh, either what happened to him but uh, yeah I I know the feeling when uh, when uh, yeah, some sometimes you just uh, the skis aren't that good, or or the body isn't where it's supposed to be, and uh, that's part of being a professional athlete. So, yeah, I think he's gonna be strong for the next two races, and yeah, the rest of the season. 
Most likely so, and I, that's kind of what I overheard as well, that he had some problems with his skis, and maybe, as you said, he didn't have the, the best day. But today he performed really, really well, and you had a pretty good uh, good uh, uh, skier there ahead of you uh, to have your times compared to. Uh, then uh, the conditions seem to me that very good, about maybe minus four. What about the tracks? Yeah, I think it was uh, was really good. Uh when we came here on Tuesday, Wednesday, I think, um, we was told that it's going to be maybe a, a, yeah, not that much snow in the start of the tracks, but I think it was fine. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I think it was a very fair race today. Uh, the conditions were quite similar throughout the whole day, as similar as it can be at least. So yeah, it was good. And it also seemed to me that uh, pretty much all of you guys uh, double-polled. I mean, last weekend there were a couple of skiers who uh, contemplated with the idea, even decided to go uh, with kickwacks, but uh, obviously for the, for today's race, it wasn't really an option. No, I think uh, everyone saw last week that, uh, yeah, in these kind of uphills, it's still faster to double-pull. It has to be short really steep uh uphills uh, and a lot of them to 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 uh, yeah to break the double pullers i think indeed and we'll talk about your training a little bit later on uh after the second point uh 6.5 after that there was a bit of a easier section there where your speed uh or pace actually got much higher uh, before you started climbing, but this is a tough course because you don't really have that much, well, practically any rest anywhere on the course. How do you pace yourself in a, in a race like that? And particularly, this is something that you guys not really used to doing. My plan today was just to to use my skis as best as possible. Uh, I have a lot of trust in our waxing team, so I was really secure that yeah, we're gonna have good skis today as well. Uh, so I tried to 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 be ski uh, using my technique and uh, and the skis in the start skiing fast, but to have this feeling that I wanted to ski faster, but but yeah, save some energy, and uh, then from yeah the um, the timing on six kilometers uh, from there, it was just all out <laughs> trying to reach the finish line. Speaking of your skis, what kind of skis do, do you use? Skating skis, uh, double polling skis, and if they're skating skis, what's the length? I know that a lot of people are always interested in, in, in knowing what kind of equipment you guys use. Yeah, uh, I used the uh, Fisher DP Sprint today, so uh, quite normal normal uh, DP ski with, uh, with uh, a cold uh, grind, so... Uh, not not really fancy today, but uh, they were good. And you didn't have any problems with your skis? They worked pretty no. perfectly well. Yeah, I felt I had, uh, yeah, right from the start, I felt that they they were good. So uh, I, I was really happy with my skis today. So generally speaking, we talked about this a little bit, you know, this type of format being a little bit different. But overall, it seems to me that uh, you guys were pretty satisfied with this. This type of thing. Do you think that we should have more individual 
races, I mean, prologue races, we already have quite many, but this is something we haven't had ever before. Yeah, I don't think we need more, but uh, but to have maybe one uh, uh, individual time trial was, was a nice thing. Uh, and uh, with this kind of tough course, it uh, suits uh, maybe another kind of skiers that we normally see at the top. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it uh, makes our sport more, more wide. So that's good. And also, uh, there were quite a lot of World Cup skiers uh, racing today, both in, in the men's and the women's class, uh, Sergei Ustigov and, and so forth, uh, Gunnulfsen and these guys. But then again, you guys turn out to be uh, pretty dominant there. But were you a bit maybe nervous about it before the race when you learned that so many good uh, standard or traditional skiers are going to be racing today and the distance is so much shorter? Not maybe nervous, but uh, of course uh, we knew that uh, yeah, ten k interval start. That's uh, really close to what uh, they do on uh, the when they are racing. So uh, so uh, we didn't feel that we had the advantage we are used to have when uh, traditional skiers come to ski classic. But but uh, of course uh, it's really cool uh, to to be able to show how strong we are uh, in a race that yeah maybe are equally good for both long distance and traditional skiing so yeah that's cool indeed and i also like to talk about the last weekend's races since you since you're here and you did so well uh b- both days so let's go back there a week ago you guys had a 60 kilometer race nice Pustadal uh, ski marathon that was the 46th edition and then the day after 32 uh, kilometers and then that really long uphill i mean pretty much 20k of uphill but then the last 10k uh, much steep steeper and even Yedalin said today after the race that that weekend was perfect really a nice something that really Visma Ski Classics is all about but going back to that what's your take or you know for uh, of, of the last weekend what do you what do you want to remember about the Saturday and Sunday's races? Yeah, uh, I really agree to what uh, Jadon said. Uh, it was, yeah, the the total image of what Bismarcki Classic should be and is. So that's, it was, yeah, really fun doing both the competitions. Uh, personally, I was really satisfied with uh, both days. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I got a good feeling when I was able to stay with the leader group uh, and only was 5.9 seconds behind uh, Max, who won the race. Uh, so uh, I knew that uh, the Sunday's race was uh, suiting me really well. So my shape was good on uh, Saturday. So I got got really big hopes uh, for the Sunday there. So it was uh, a relief to, to fi- finally get that top 10 spot. And how was the climb, that particular climb, compared to the one that you guys had today? Uh, yeah, of course, uh, both uh, was uh, on a high attitude. So so you have to use your VO2 uh, a lot uh, in the both race. But uh, when we was uh, coming to into the climb on Sunday last weekend, we had done 62 
kilometers the day before and like 24k uh, on Sunday uh, before the climb. Uh, so of course uh, we were more tired uh, in our muscles, but uh, uh, I felt like uh, I was able to push and really use my VO2 there as well. But but of course this weekend when uh, everyone was fresh and uh, the race was so short, it uh, it depends more of your VO2 than the muscle strength or the long distance uh, uh, skiing capability. Speaking of VO2, I assume you have that measured as well. What's your what's your you know score, so to speak? How high is your VO2, Max? I have reached reached uh, eighty in double pulling, so that's uh, actually something I'm a bit pr- proud of. So yeah. That's pretty good. Double polling, eighty is yeah. very very good, and and um, obviously if you do it running or uh, diagonal striding, you can even go higher than than eighty. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So uh, going back to that that weekend and racing back to back, that was something that you guys had last season, and uh, that was introduced, and the uh, experience was really good. What about last weekend? You had 60K and then a tough race like that. Did you feel it when you were racing that 32? And then what about afterwards, after the weekend? How well were you able, able to recuperate for this weekend? Uh, I was actually feeling uh, really good uh, on uh, Sunday, maybe better than on Saturday. It was uh, kind of the same feeling that I had uh, last year when we did the uh, back-to-back racing in Volodalen. Um but of course, on uh, on Monday morning, I was I was tired, uh, and uh, um, but after a really easy skating session, I felt fine. So I has uh, we was out on a four hour double pulling session already on Tuesday. So I think uh, I recovered quite fast, um, actually surprisingly fast. But um, yeah, it's not so far from. From normal training, we are training like four to five hours and with intervals in a normal training week as well. So, yeah. You mentioned skating. So you did a skating session uh, right after the race. I know that your teammate Johannes likes skating as well. Is that something that you do quite a lot here and there? Yeah, uh, not maybe as much as Johannes. And uh, he even does a harder session in skates. I haven't done that in a long time, but uh, I like to to do my recovery sessions uh, in skates. Uh, then you get to use your whole body, and the intensity is maybe a bit bit lower when uh, when you are skating than double pulling. What about diagonal striding? The good old classic skiing. Do you still use that technique for training? Uh, no, uh, I haven't done. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really focusing on traditional skiing uh, in any point of my career. So uh, my uh, I have some problem uh, getting grip in the diagonal striding. So then, double polling is certainly your technique. Then uh, next weekend, uh, oh, let's hope that it's not going to be as cold as it was last year. But uh, La Diagonella, that is certainly a great race uh, in the Swiss Alps. And uh, beautiful place, Engadine, uh, the Engadine Valley. V2 
55, kil- uh, 55 kilometers, a bit shorter than uh, normally they shorten the race. What are now your expectations for that particular race now based on this weekend and weekend before? Yeah, um, of course, it's a uh, tough race, but uh, with the uphill finish at the end, I think it suits me quite well. Um, so uh, I'm really hoping to be be uh, taking a new top 10 spot and maybe even fighting for that top five as well. Uh, we will see, but uh, I'm certainly going to try to do my best this week to train well and and to recover. Re- cover my body as well as possible so i should be in my best shape uh, at the start line uh, in engadin so since your teammates max and johannes are now uh winners they both have their first victory uh, under their belt when are we going to see you on the on the on the top spot can it happen this this season maybe uh of course that's what i'm dreaming about but uh but uh yeah it's something else to 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 be fighting for the victory, but uh, I ha- now have good coaches in both Max and Johannes uh, to show me how to do it. So, yeah, uh, if maybe not this year, uh, I will certainly be aiming for a win next year. What is your overall goal for this season? Of course, it's kind of tough for you because in the youth category, Max is also leading over you. So it's tough to beat that that guy and your teammate there. But overall, is it the overall results or are you picking like individual races that you'd like to do really well? And Yeah, of course. Uh, I want to be uh, to secure my second place in the youth category. Uh, it, as you said, uh, it's nearly impossible to beat Max when he is so strong that he is now. But uh, that second place would uh, mean a lot to me to to get the confidence and, uh, yeah, uh, to be one of the favorite for a Pink Pig uh, next year, maybe. Um, so the main focus this season is maybe to... Uh, I still believe that uh, a podium is uh, in reach right now, at least, uh, with the shape I'm in. Uh, I was like 22 seconds behind Vukovic today, I think. So it's not that far, but uh, yeah, I think I think I uh, am mentally prepared as well. We will see the next races. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, that the podium is within your reach, but let's see if that's going to happen. There are so many great skiers out there uh, striving for excellence in Visma Ski Classics. And uh, I think we should start talking about you as a skier and your amazing team. That'll be next for us on this podcast. Team Ramutten. You guys won the uh, protein competition last winter. You're leading again, and it's been really amazing, amazing uh, season start for you guys. Uh, but where does that really come from? Why are you guys so great at this stage? I think uh, our biggest strength is that uh, we are so good at lifting uh, each other forward and uh, really enjoying our our performance as a team. Um, I think that uh, that uh, familyhood we have now is really good between the staff and the athletes. And you guys also train together quite a lot, correct? Yeah. Uh, we aren't that team that had 
has that many training camps maybe but uh, we have been on a lot of uh, a lot of uh, roller ski races during the summer and of course we have had some training camps as well so we spend quite a lot of time together and then we train a lot together as well so i think of course uh, the the most of the work we do do on our own uh, at home but uh, it suddenly is meaningful uh, the time we get to spend together as well you mentioned that you know the brotherhood aspect that you guys have and everybody knows that you have a really a good team spirit there but again i mean let's you know talk about that a little bit i mean what do you guys do to maintain that positive you know take on life and 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 mentality Everyone gonna have some bad races sometimes. Uh, I had one really bad race at uh, the season opener in Osha, but uh, I think uh, everyone on the team is really good at just focusing on the good performances. Uh, Lina got the podium in, in Osha, and Ida was skiing well coming back from injury. So f- trying to focusing on the positive things uh, is maybe the reason why everyone is going so well together because of course uh, sometimes we we have uh, some discussions as well but uh, we are always ended up in a good good way and uh, i think that's the most important to have this this uh, good uh, mood in the team uh, at all time so you would say that you guys have a good democracy within a team yeah uh, for sure but then again, uh, your team captain is uh, Gustav uh, Koskren and also Lina, uh, uh, his uh, wife there. Uh, how are those two as a team leaders, both Lina and Gustav? Uh, I think they are really a perfect kind of duo to, to lead the team. Uh, they are really uh, letting us know what they expect from us, but, but they don't put that much pressure uh, either uh, so it's really clear what we have have to do to to be be in the team but yeah it's not that much pre- pressure either so yeah you just get this re- relaxed feeling uh, and you you feel confident just being in the team and how did you uh, become part of the team what's the story there yeah, uh, my dad uh, is uh, the commercial di- director in uh, Lisplan Norge. Uh, so uh, he was the kind of connecting person to Thomas Altskor when he had his uh, team Lisplan Go team back in the days. Um, and Lina was racing one year for that team. So I was, uh, yeah, on, on some races, I was there uh, being a part of the support crew and uh, just just uh, enjoying being in, on the inside of a big ski classic team uh, so then i got to know uh, gura and uh, lina uh, quite good actually uh, and uh, after kaiser maxim milanlauf in 2019 i think lina was uh, meeting up with my dad uh, after a race and uh, said that uh, she and gura was following my development and uh, was uh, really enjoying seeing me going fully into long distance skiing and uh, the year uh, 
at the end of the year, uh, I uh, sent an email to Gura and asked if there was an, uh, a spot in their team. And uh, he answered uh, quite quickly that uh, if I wanted to to focus fully on on Ski Classic the next two years, I would uh, get a spot in the team. And you were pretty young at that time because you're 21 right now. You're born in uh, the year 2000. Uh, so you decided to put your focus on long distance skiing pretty early on. Where did that come from? Yeah, uh, as I said, it was uh, I got the inspiration from from seeing the in, uh, the circuit from the inside uh, when I was following uh, on some uh, races with Team Lisplan. So yeah, I just liked the spirit of ski classic and uh, and the. Uh, and the races uh, suited me as well. I have always been been good at longer ski race. So, yeah. So, on a side note, what's going on with uh, Alsgård? We all remember him, as you said, you know, Team Lisa Plan, and and he was part of the Visma Ski Classics. But do you know what's what's he's doing right now? Yeah, uh, now he has uh, living a more normal life. Uh, I think he's doing some. He was actually on a Norwegian uh, te- television program, uh, Skavidanse, or uh, a dancing pro- program with old uh, uh, athletes or uh, other famous people in Norway. <laughs> so that was kind of cool to see, Thomas dancing. But uh, far from that, I actually don't know too much about what he's doing these days. Dancing with Stars, I think that's the concept, you know. But I didn't know that he was on that TV show. Uh, it's very popular all over the world, I guess, you know. Yeah. Very popular in my home country as as well uh, in Finland. So then when you decided to step into the uh, the long-distance uh, arena and you joined, uh, as you said, you know, Gustav's uh, team and Lena's t- uh, team there, what were kind of the most important things that you needed to take into account right away and what did you learn from from uh, Gustav and Lina? Yeah the most uh, important thing I learned really quickly was uh, was uh, the, the value they have for uh, the team spirit so of course that is something I value myself as well uh, but uh, that was maybe one of the biggest biggest uh, goal they had for the team to have this good team spirit at all time so uh, and uh, after that uh, my development has uh, really uh, really been going good with uh, help from Gura's technique training and uh, and uh, some actually some help from uh, Matthias Reck as well uh, with the training plan uh, I have a coach at home Östan uh, Rodem but uh, Together uh, with some inputs from Matthias, I think uh, my training training uh, plan was uh, getting a really, really lift after joining Team Ramadan. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, uh, he was uh, our podcast guest uh, earlier. It was a really good podcast. We uh, talked about training and his philosophy and, and kind of the examples that he's taken from the cycling world. That was like a two-hour-long podcast. but. Uh, in particular, what have you learned from uh, Rek? You know, what are kind of the methods that you've incorporated from his, you know, philosophy? 
maybe that it's okay to actually be skiing quite hard uh, on training session as well. Uh, he, I have also heard a podcast he did with uh, with you uh, a time ago. Uh, and uh, the thing he said with these short intervals, 40-20 or 30-30, uh, and where you really go uh, everything you got, uh, that's something I never had done before. Uh, in Norway, it's more traditional to do this five or four times 10 minutes, like zone three intensity. So uh, that's maybe the biggest difference that uh, it's actually okay to, to really be... Uh, skiing fast on training as well let's talk about training a little bit more uh, since we got into it and you mentioned those uh, rec intervals but how else do you train of course it's a it's a broad subject uh, but in the summertime what's kind of the um, the ratio for you in between endurance trainings intensive trainings strength training and so forth yeah uh, i really believe in uh, or my body is actually responding very well to to uh yeah much training so i really believe in training a lot of hours uh, both in the summer and actually during the winter as well uh, so that's maybe uh, my biggest focus to to always be consistent and having having a high high amount of hours every month uh, and then the I have, have this traditional uh, plan with uh, starting easy on the summer, training harder and harder during uh, the fall and uh, taking it easy right before the season starts. So you said you're a firm believer in volume. So how many hours do you train per year, per month, per week? Yeah, uh, I got uh, 1,100 hours last year. Uh, maybe I will cut down maybe 50 hours this year and and do uh, a few more uh, harder interval sessions than uh, I did uh, last year. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I believe that I, if I want to develop as I have done the last two, three years, I have to have to be in maybe 20 to 25 hours a week that's quite a lot of training uh, you know over a thousand hours per year since the volume is so high i assume that most of your training is uh, low intensity how often do you do uh, high intensity or interval sessions yeah i have maybe one to three interval session uh, in a week depending on on uh the time of the year and uh, if it's some roller ski races or or any other event i should attend to uh, i maybe cut down on one or two intervals but uh, yeah it's it's uh, always at least one interval uh, in a week you mentioned roller skiing and i know that max your teammate is really fond of roller skiing he spends a lot of times and a lot of hours on on, on roller skis he told me on, on the podcast that uh, 90k is a piece of cake for him almost every day but what about you how much do you do how much do you uh, spend how how much time do you spend on roller skis in the summertime yeah uh if i train 90 hours in a month maybe 80 of them is uh, uh double pulling on roller skis so uh i uh 
really enjoy double pulling on roller skis as well. Uh, but uh, maybe not so much that Max do, uh, at least in the races. I think, uh, yeah, the speed is really, really high uh, on uh, roller ski races, uh, at least in the flatter sections. So that's probably my weakest weakest point in uh, in skiing. But uh, of course, it's good training. And uh, uh, yeah, to be training on roller skis, I'm really fond of. And what type of wheels do you use? I mean, as you mentioned, it's a, roller skiing is much faster paced, but of course you can compensate it a little bit with different type of wheels. Uh, I like to to be using uh, roller ski with uh, three uh, in resistance, uh, but of course on on some sessions I can use maybe two as well, and uh, even four uh, if I'm in a really hard training period. But uh, yeah, I usually use uh, three as my resistance on the roller skis. And since you do about maybe 80 hours per month uh, over 90, 90 hours, those 10 hours that are left, uh, how do you <laughs> spend spend them? You know, what do you do besides roller skiing? Uh, I really like to run as well, uh, but... Um, but... My trainer isn't so fond of me doing it because, of course, it's a risk of injury when you don't run run that much, but but you have a good capacity. It's like putting a Ferrari engine in a Lada or something. So uh, that's, yeah, uh, I'm probably running like one to three hours in a week, I think. And uh, they usually go quite fast, the running sessions I do. So so uh, I try to not run too much to to not to risk any kind of injuries. But uh, yeah, I run a lot. And uh, then the rest of the training is uh, strength training. Uh, I have a partnership with a really nice gym uh, in Oslo. So uh, yeah, I like to be there. And I think for me that, strength part uh, is maybe my biggest weakness so i focus a lot and try to to fill that gap as fast as possible that's interesting because i know that some of your teammates don't really do that much uh, at least max uh, doesn't really do that much uh, actual weightlifting but you do that so it's max uh, meaning a maximum strength that you uh, uh, strive for it's uh, it's a few um few uh, sessions uh, but really hard ones and uh, trying to to really push everything on every every session to yeah to try to be be stronger but of course it's hard when you train so much uh, vo2 uh, that's not nothing that's uh, really bound together but uh, yeah i think i'm getting stronger and stronger for every month now so hope that will continue then what about training in the wintertime? You kind of touched upon that a little bit, uh, saying that like last week, uh, last week actually, after the tough weekend, you did a skating session, then a long hour double polling, four hour double polling session on Tuesday. But what is kind of a usual uh, schedule or training program in between these races? You guys have a race pretty much every weekend. There are some breaks here and there but you spend so much time on racing. And I know that uh, Matthias Reck is not really fond of, of racing every weekend. He 
he's more into the kind of the cycling type of block training or block where you do a lot of races back to back and then you recover and and get a little bit of a super compensation and then continue from there but you guys have races every weekend so what do you do in between yeah uh for me personally it's uh it's uh important to to uh, train a lot uh, to have uh, have my hours get uh in the book but uh, of course uh, i try to have one interval session uh, if we race on uh, sunday i try to have it on wednesday and if we race on saturday i try to have it on tuesday uh, so that's that's maybe the only uh, session that's apart from what i usually do in a normal training week so it seems to me that you really like training since you do <laughs> do do it so much and you have a high volume. But uh, is there a session or sessions that you don't like at all, or just anything goes for you? Yeah, maybe that uh, really short uh, three times three or uh, uh, six times six short hard intervals. That's uh, that's maybe not my favorite. Uh, at least uh, when you do uh, do it alone, uh, but uh, far from that, I think every I really like to train, and uh, that's why I'm doing doing uh, cross country skiing because I'm really enjoying being outside and being able to train a lot and and to feel good. So your hard training is definitely paying dividends there, and great performances. You're in the top ten. Uh, today and also last weekend and next i think we'll talk about you as a person a little bit about your history uh, of course you're still young you're 21 years old but you can still recall uh, the days when you got into skiing and we also learn a little bit more about you as a person so that'll be next going back to your uh, childhood uh, which isn't really that far far in the past when and how did you realize that hey skiing is something that i'm really fond of and you're coming from norway to country of cross-country skiing of course yeah uh, i have been skiing for as long as i could remember but uh, i wasn't that good uh, at the start uh, i was uh, definitely on the back of the result list uh, in my in my early years, but uh, after uh, after the 2019 season, I started to climbing uh, climbing up the result list and uh, really thought that uh, maybe this is something I should uh, try to to put my fully focus on. It's interesting that uh, you didn't do that well, but you still stayed motivated and inspired, even if the results maybe not what you expected or hoped for. Yeah, as I said, uh, of course I love racing as well. But uh, the true, true, uh, like the true uh, thing that I really like about skiing is uh, is the training. So uh, I have always enjoyed training, even when I was not skiing that fast. So, so that's maybe the biggest motivation to to continue skiing to to. Uh, be able to train and uh, yeah doing what i love most and then what about school of course you did a lot of skiing you're probably one of the best skiers in your class but how was school for you 
yeah, I uh, like school as well. Uh, I have done uh, every every uh, obligatory session uh, in school, uh, but now I have had a bit of a break for the past two or three years, I think. But uh, from next year, uh, the plan is to start a study uh, beside uh, my cross-country skiing uh, focus. That's interesting. Uh, so you've gone through high school. Uh, you're now go, uh, shooting for a, for a university, university studies? Yeah. So and... uh, I want to study something uh, yeah, in uh, economics. So uh, I hope to start on that from maybe August. Mm, economics why that particular field yeah i uh, on uh, high school uh, i did kind of uh, uh, um, align with uh, with focus on economics and i really enjoyed it so i think that's gonna be a good good plan for me to focusing uh, to still focusing on that so since that is your goal or avenue that you're pursuing it might be kind of early to think about the future, at least the long-term future, but do you have any professions in mind that you would feel, you know, comfortable with or something that you would like to do in the future? Yeah, I'm not so sure actually yet. Uh, I want to ski for uh, yeah quite a long time, I hope. Uh, so the, I will... Uh, Try to start my study first, first, and uh, then maybe we will see what suits me when I'm done with that. But of course, skiing is something that you want to do now. Uh, since you're pretty young there, but you have also a lot of older skiers there. You have like Reshak, you know, wearing the veteran babe, and uh, Anders Auckland pushing 50 soon, 49-year-old skier. I mean, it's got to be quite interesting to be part of this big family where you have young young skiers and older skiers uh, but how would you describe the kind of the Visma ski classic scene in that particular perspective yeah that's uh, one of the thing that uh, brought my focus to Visma uh, I really enjoy uh, having everyone at the starting line from recreational skiers to professional and from old to to young and uh, in Vasaloppe, uh, both women and uh, men start together as well. So I really like the the model that uh, Ski Classic has built uh, these past eleven years now. So yeah, yeah, this is the twelfth season right now, and of course, you mentioned there the kind of the mass starts and the huge crowds. Let's hope that we'll get them soon. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, what is your favorite race of all these? I mean, you mentioned Barcelona, but there is that the one that you like the most, or maybe another race that you'd like to tell us about? Yeah, personally, I really liked uh, La Diagonela last last year, uh, and uh, Jusserska and Marcelonga as well. And uh, when you are in a Swedish team, uh, Vasaloppe is uh, the big one, so... Uh, but if I have to choose one, I, I really enjoyed Yeserska last year. So I'm really looking forward to that. So that's coming up soon. That's in mid-February. Uh, so we talked about school and maybe your future uh, plans and so forth. Um, what else 
do you do? I mean, it seems to me or sounds to me that you don't really have that much time. You just train every single day, but every once in a while, you just need to sit back and, and relax. And if so, what do you do? Yeah, um, when I'm not skiing, I like to, to be with my friends and family. Uh, I'm a really social guy, I think. So I, I really enjoy being with people. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so I try to, to use uh, the time I have when I'm not skiing to, to be with them. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's not too much spare time when you're uh, training so uh, the hours I do, so uh, it's not much time to do anything else, actually. So have you had a time to find a girlfriend by your side? Uh, yeah, not yet. Uh, of course, uh, I hope to get get a girlfriend girlfriend soon. But uh, right now, I'm really happy with just skiing and uh, only focusing on myself right now. So, but maybe soon. Indeed, I mean, as you said, you spend so much time on on, on training and 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 spending quality time with your team as well. So, um, looking still kind of into the the future, how much do you wanna, or what is your long term goal? You talked about the uh, this season and hoping to be on a podium, but assuming you'll stay in the business for years to come, what yeah, kind of, of a skier? Yes, skier. Do you wanna be? one day yeah uh, i want to do the things that uh, max is uh, about to doing now uh, the yellow champion is of course a big goal for me uh, in the next coming years and uh, yeah taking a grand tour event uh, like vasalop yusariska marsalonga or birkin would be really really huge so yeah that's that's my biggest dream right now those are good dreams. And also today we had a hundredth race in Bismarck Classics. Uh, 11 seasons behind us. This is the 12th one looking into the future. 10 more years. Where do you want to see, or where do you want, want this particular brand or tour to go towards? I think the path uh, the tour is on right now uh, is really healthy and good. Uh, so... If they continue uh, doing that the next years to to really, uh, yeah, try to to push the athletes to to uh, doing extreme performances, I think that that's really cool, uh, and that's maybe not something we see in the traditional skiing. We are skiing on attitude at like two thousand meter above sea level and. Uh, with really tough races back to back and uh, long races as well, uh, so I think uh, that's cool. Really, yeah, uh, being able to to race uh, those uh, hard races. So, yeah, I think that's something I hope would continue the next years. So certainly, there's a bright future for you and and Bismarcky Classics. I, I really be believe so. Uh, speaking of inspiration, because you you mentioned the uh, kind of the fact that it's it's cool to be part of this this family where you have older skiers, younger skiers, but you being a young skier must be an inspiration to many uh, many young skiers out there, to youth uh, people or skiers who are considering this this type of uh, career. What would you like to say to them 
so that they could take the step towards long distance skiing? Uh, I hope they now uh, understand that <clears throat> it's actually a really good career to to uh, be focusing on Visma Ski Classic from from an early age, and uh, that is possible uh, from an early age to to really be getting into a big team. And now you have uh, both me in Ramudden and uh, Axel Jutterström uh, in uh, Team Eksjøhus and Thomas Ødegården in uh, Team Expand as well, which is two, two huge teams. So uh, that's cool to see other young athletes also focusing uh, fully on Ski Classic uh, being under 25. Indeed, and we often talk about the youth revolution that you guys have brought into the scene. Then what about the uh, the regular skiers? You mentioned that earlier, that it is the fun fact about long-distance skiing and Visma Ski Classics is the, you know, the fact that uh, there are always, well, of course, now we haven't been able to see all the, uh, the masses or the, the, the crowd, but we have all these recreational skiers racing with you guys. And I know that a lot of uh, those guys are also listening to Chateau Levy. Uh, hoping to learn from you guys, but what are, what are kind of your tips or advice to the skiers out there hoping to do long distance events? Yeah, maybe my ba- biggest tips is to really believe in the training you do. Uh, you have to early on uh, try to find the right path, uh, even though if you're not skiing that fast uh, yet, uh, you have to. I think it's uh, it's uh, maybe a bit difficult to be changing uh, the training too much. Uh, so if you just stay on one path and really believe in that, I think that's going to work uh, at the end. And you, do you feel that you have been able to stay on your path? No detours, so to speak? Maybe some small detours, of course. But uh, I think uh, the reason why I'm really getting uh, climbing up the, up the result list now is because I have been consistent in my training work and really believed what in what I have been doing so yeah I think that's my biggest strength right now that I have done quite a few years now with uh, good training and uh, yeah Indeed, some words of wisdom there. I know that you guys are on your way to the next location. Yeah, you're just having a break there. Uh, before I leave you and let you continue your driving, uh, what is there anything that you would like to share with us? Anything about you that we don't really know? Something personal, something different, something that maybe none of us could imagine you being like or you doing oh that's hard <laughs> uh no uh, i'm uh, really a sports geek uh, i really enjoy watching every sport event there is uh, from tennis to golf to cycling to sailing to to cross-country skiing to yeah every every sport event that exists maybe that's something that's a special about me do you have time to watch other sports? Yeah, of course. I rest a lot um, to compare to my training, uh, to match my training. You have to rest a lot. So uh, uh, it was a lot of uh, Formula One this season, and I watched a lot of football and uh, quite uh, some sport uh, event this summer. 
since you talked about resting, I think before I let you go, uh, nutrition. What do you what do you eat usually, particularly now when you have races back to back? Are you carbo loader or what's your diet? Uh, maybe not a carbo loader, but of course, uh, when we are racing and training so much that we are doing right now, it's important to get those carbs. So uh, it's a lot of carbs, and uh, yeah, I try to have a kind of a normal diet, but uh, but it's going in in a lot of carbs, of course, being a professional athlete. So last week's guest, Oscar Kadeen, is a really big on uh, uh, candy bars and chocolate bars. <laughs> Do you like chocolate? Is that what you tend to eat as well? Yeah, I really like chocolate as well. But uh, being here, in uh, we have been in Italy for uh, maybe four weeks now, three weeks. So uh, I really enjoy the Italian food with pasta and pizza. So uh, that's maybe my favorite dishes. But hey, now you're going to uh, you know the the, the Engadin Valley in the, the Swiss Swiss uh, countryside. You know, so you can eat a lot of Toblerone. You know that <laughs> yeah, Swiss that's chocolate. <laughs> that's maybe one of my favorite chocolate, actually. So uh, I have to to buy some to take with me back home. Well, there there I you think. go. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much, uh, Herman. And uh, once again, it was really a great uh, race today for you and also last weekend. I know that you're really excited and, and hopeful. I think this will be great year for you and your team. And the next race, as you said, La Diagonela, that'll be really interesting. And let's hope that you'll be very really close to that podium that you uh, just a mention. So thank you very much for, peeing, uh, for be- being part of this podcast. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you for having me. It was fun to be part of this podcast. And you folks out there listening to this, stay tuned for more. Of course, as I said, next weekend is La Diagonela. After that, Macha Longa, then a bit of a break. And Yiserska, Paresatka, Tartubasa, Lopet, Birken, and Orefes, Lopet. That's the season, the whole season. Stay tuned. More podcasts to come. After every race, I will do a podcast with either a skier or a pro team director. And we'll get to go through the race and some other stuff like we did today with Herman Paus. So, for now, I'll thank you all and stay tuned for more. And bye-bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production. This podcast is sponsored by Salomon. Salomon is a French sports equipment manufacturing company based in the heart of the French Alps. Now Salomon brings to the market a more sustainable Nordic ski, S-Max E-Skin. This new S-Max E-Skin is more environmentally friendly since 45% of the ski core is made of recycled plastic bottles. This new Salomon S-Max E-Skin is the best option for active skiers who are looking for a performance and flexible free solution.